welcome to the Sounder. The Sounder created out of the Sounder of Lady Hoggers. I am Molly of the Copper Penny Farm, and I got my friends with me as always. Say hello, my friends. Hello, my friends. Uh, I am Laura Jensen, uh, the pig nerd, probably has uh, all that I do. Uh, we always talk about what's going on in our worlds, and mine is going absolutely nuts. So, y'all, uh, federal license starts next Tuesday. Uh, so that's yes. exciting. So we should have some charcuterie available wholesale first week of December, uh, which is huge for us. Uh, wholesale itself has uh, busted wide open, which is great and uh, something I've been working on for a long time. Um, Wagyu came in. Um, I got the chance to work with A5 Japanese Wagyu, the real deal. They sent me six steaks to test my market. It sold out in five hours. Fantastic. So yeah. So is it true? Is it true that they feed them beer and solve them? I, I couldn't hear you, Molly. You were breaking up. Is it true? What? Oh my God. Is, is it true that they feed the cows beer and they massage them? Uh, I know the massage part is the beer part. I'd have to do research on, but that's uh, where the muscle fat comes from is because the cows aren't moving around and they're keeping the, the meat tender is my understanding. Amanda, I think you have some knowledge on Wagyu too. Is that what you understand? I think so. I don't, my, so my brother manages a, a very large Wagyu operation in North Carolina and um, they do definitely do things a little bit differently for sure. I don't know all of the ins and outs, but they do, do things very differently. Their grow outs are also much longer. Um, so instead of a traditional like 15 to 18 months, they go closer to like two or three years, I, I want to say. Um, yeah. I think it's closer to three years before they process. So I could be wrong on that, but it is definitely a longer grow out period. And they do take some extra steps to make yeah. sure that is very tender for what okay. they try. Well, I'll do some more research, Molly, and I'll ask because um, we've got a, you know, obviously a connection back to Japan now uh, on this stuff. So we can probably get some answers for uh, for well, everybody. I, like, I mean, I could be a Wagyu cow if I could just find somebody to massage me all the time. <laughs> you already got the beer part underway. I already got the beer part That's under wraps. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Um, in other news, I've got two litters, uh, still haven't, uh, dropped, uh, I, I, maybe they're the next heat cycle. We'll see. Uh, I've got some boards for sale, uh, and the association is doing great. Um, worked on some bylaws, things like that. Personally, I don't really have a personal life right now. I'm working yeah. all the hours I can trying to make the new licenses and the new opportunities happen, um, until my eyes can't stay awake anymore in the evening. And, uh, happy to be here it's a it's a great opportunity and I think it'll pay off so that's my life right now how about you Amanda well I am Amanda Buck with Buck Family Ranch and this week we are working on our holiday marketing for our skincare oh yeah um, that doing that too yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I have been working on putting together just like some seasonal bundles and um, things like that, seasonal fragrances with our skincare products that I can still stand behind and feel good about. And um, so, yeah, we are going to be working on getting those things put together, getting photos taken and stuff this afternoon. Exciting. Yes. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I'm so proud of you, Miranda. I am. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. It's been really, I've actually enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would because I'm not one that like, I don't do a lot of makeup. I don't do like, I draw my eyebrows on because I am a, I too. yeah, I'm like not naturally. Dude, I, look at, I look at these eyebrows. Dude, yeah, you're lucky. I, do, I do not draw, but they need to be waxed. They're so bad. <laughs> well, mine just don't grow. I also have very light blonde eyelashes so if I don't put at least okay. mascara on and draw my eyebrows on I don't I I you can't even see me because my eyes are blue my I have a fair complexion so it's just like I just look like blank anyway I'm not a big I'm not a big skin makeup girly girl type person so um I feel like being into skincare is new for me but I actually have really really enjoyed it because I don't know. It makes my skin feel really good. So anyway, yeah. doing that. Um, and other big news, our, we have two geese 
and yeah, what? The, two geese, gooses, oh, yeah. bonkers. Yeah. I thought you said, I thought you said two geese. I was like, what is a two geese? <laughs> no, two geese. We got them as babies and, and have raised them. And this week we were out in our coop collecting eggs and Scout just hollers out, there's this huge white egg. And I looked at it and it was like, it's a goose egg. Oh, so nice. at, least, at least one of our geese is a girl. Yeah. And I just have to tell you that when Scout found out, and realized, like, made the connection, the goose laid an egg. She was like, you mean a goose can poop out an egg? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Like, yes, yes, they can. And apparently we have at least one girl. So right. that was exciting. That was exciting. But that's that's kind of like what we've got going on over here this week. What about you, Molly? Well, did you eat the egg? We haven't yet. We haven't yet. But it's huge. Oh, my God. I, mean, I was like, how many can it feed? It's probably the equivalent to like three chicken eggs. Oh. It's a big egg. It's big. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. on on my end, I've got a lot of randomness going on. I got um I got a boar that's trying to breed everybody and it's not a good time. <laughs> he's breeding he's breeding sisters, cousins, mothers, daughters. Uh, He's got one job, and he knows what it is. Oh, my God. He prances up and down that road like a true redhead, like he is just God's gift down here. Oh, he's driving me insane. Yeah, my crew asked me, uh, when do do boars stop doing that the other day? (laughs) I was like, they don't. (laughs) No. Yeah. He'll be all is just, oh, God, he's driving me crazy. I can't take it anymore. Anyways, and then I look at him and I'm like, I feel like one of the sows. I'm like, he's just so pretty though. How can I be mean to him? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, I got uh so no more babies. All my babies are are done and on the ground. And so it's obviously breeding season for the fall. Um my little pot bellies are doing so fantastic. Oh, um yeah. I got to post a video of them today because they are so slick and chunky and big. Oh, nice. Oh, and they're hilarious. They're hilarious. But, uh, but no, everybody's doing well. Um, I'm getting ready to send a load up to New York. So that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to take a road trip. I'm going to, well, I'm going to take them myself. I'm going to do a road trip up to New York and visit some other friends and stuff up there. Um, but uh, other than that, it's just like doing random stuff, man. You know, prepping for, I got an event coming in December. So I've been getting some artwork uh, finished. And I'm going to get that matted next week. Um, I'm going to start advertising pieces for sale, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I've got some pieces that I've like held back and, you know, and they, I mean, they're all right, I guess, but I'm going to try to advertise them for sale and see how it goes. I'm excited. Do you, do you take commissions? Like if somebody wants you to draw their pigs or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. So I've done three uh, people sent me pictures of their pigs. Um, so I, they come like at the same time. So I'm still working on those. I'm almost done. But those are my first three. So, yeah. Um, I've been trying to draw Amanda's sheep and it, I don't think I can draw sheep. Yeah, I'll have to send you a better picture of our ram because I feel like he's very picturesque. He's a he's a yeah. pretty boy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but you know the thing is, like sheep, they're wool. Yeah, like how do you create that texture? Yeah, yeah, it's hard to do that. Plus, in the style that I draw, you know, it's kind of kind of hard. But anyways, so yeah, just a lot of artistic things going on and enjoying the baby pigs and you know enjoying life, trying to. For the past little bit, trying to keep a smile on my face and enjoy the sunshine, you know. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. you have sunshine today. We had snow, so. Wow, it's been like 80, 85 here. Probably the same for you, right, Molly? Oh, my God. So, like, I, Uncle Beanie was supposed to come over today to help me fence so I could get them fucking pigs where they're supposed to be. Um, <laughs> But, but it was, it started raining, right? Oh, no. And I was like. I was like, no sense in you coming today because it's it's raining and the wind is crazy. 
And now it's beautiful and it's like 70 degrees. Oh, yeah. it's like fencing weather. Yeah. I know. I'm like, what a shame, man. I call I, I I turned the you know, I turned my hand over too early. Mm-hmm. That stinks. Yeah. All right. So now that we've rambled, are y'all ready to talk about the bee's knees, the honey pots, the you know, the honey, honey, honey sweet child, whatever we're gonna call this. <laughs> Yeah, I think a name will will evolve as we go through this one. But yep, let's roll. Yeah, so <laughs> let's talk about it a little bit. So today we're going to talk about basically honey, right? And the bees. Uh, mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about what is going on in the world. What are some of the things that we're not realizing, you know, about the honey that we're purchasing? And what is the importance of actually having bees? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I think we can probably break this down into kind of three different things. Um, one of the things, the first thing that uh, has concerned me about the honey population or the honey bee population for a while is that I learned that the majority of U.S. honey is imported, and I did not know that. So um, as a consumer, that made me uh, question a lot of things. Um, so I think Molly dropped out, but I think she may be back in just a second. So yeah. I'm going to kind of keep going. What do you think, Amanda? I think that's fine. Okay. All right. So, um, the second thing is, um, there is a disease in American bees, uh, that a, a vaccine has been created to help. Uh, I think that's worth investigating. And the third part is, is uh, on the whole, what do what what bees do for us, you know, as far as, uh, as humans, what is the importance of, uh, of bees um, to us uh, on the planet? So uh, Molly, I see you're back. So we, I was just kind of breaking it down uh, into three steps. Uh, one of them being the, um, the import amount of honey uh, over 70% yeah. is uh, imported as of 2020, according to the USDA. Uh, second is that vaccine that we had touched on. And then third is the overall um, thing that we as humans, we have to have bees in our life. Well, you know, staying 70% of our honey as of like, what, 2020, right? That 70% of the honey is imported. You know, I want to try to say that I find that to be crazy. <laughs> but in reality, you know, since we've been digging into this, I don't think anything that shocks me anymore. Well, so I, I actually learned that from our beekeeper. We had worked with a local guy for um, the first six years of the business, actually, and he retired recently, which I'm happy for him that he retired, but he left a huge gaping hole in terms of um, the honey business. And as I was working with him to find a replacement, he was the one that was sharing these facts with me. Uh, so I went and did my research and and yeah. Um, according to, I think this was from, uh, Statista is the, um, is who wrote it as of, uh, 21 in India is the country with the highest number of hives followed by mainland China and Turkey. Um, the U S has, uh, a lot fewer, uh, India has 12.85 million. The U S only has 2.7 million. So uh, the other concerning part is that China outstrips India in terms of production volume, producing about 473,000 metric tons of honey in the same year. China is the leading country for production and also has the highest export value of natural honey, uh, consisting of 10.5% of the overall export value. The United States is the leading importer of honey worldwide. Fucking shocking. Yeah. That, that is really crazy to me because if you think about how how many crops we supply in the world, why wouldn't we have more honey hives? Like why wouldn't we they're pollinators? So why wouldn't we have honeybees on farms that are doing like commercial production? the crop i don't know maybe maybe that i'm not goes, understanding there but that seems really crazy to me uh that goes to the, go ahead molly and then i'll talk about the next article because there <laughs> has to be some type of money behind the situation of why we don't have it well and that may be where this vaccine comes into place um <clears throat> and i know that's a um controversial word uh anymore vaccine but uh the guardian published an article 
nine months ago and and this this lots of articles came out in january about the world's first vaccine for honeybees have been approved by the u.s government as a new weapon against diseases that are ravaging colonies that we rely on for food pollination uh, it goes on to say the usda granted a conditional license for a vaccine uh, to help protect honeybees from what's called foul brood disease, and that that that's F O U L B R O O D uh, disease, <clears throat> and that they consider it a break breakthrough. Uh, it's currently only available to commercial beekeepers. Touching on the part about um, what's going on with the big ag side of it, <clears throat> yeah. trying to curb this foul brood. Um, that's a bacteria that weakens and kills hives that there is no cure for. Uh, and it's been found in a quarter of the hives in the U.S. And once it's found, those hives must be destroyed and burned um, the entire colony. So it's easily recognizable. It goes on to talk about um, all that. Um, the vaccine, we can talk about that in, in more um, depth but i wanted to share this part and then we'll get back to the discussion as bees have been commercialized transported and pressed into agricultural service honeybees have been exposed to a cocktail of different diseases that typically lay waste to large number of colonies and require major interventions by beekeepers to keep the numbers up uh that it goes on to say that hives are routinely trucked across the country to propagate everything from almonds to blueberries um, and one last thought, wild bee species are in an alarming decline. Well, here's my thing. I hate to be this way, but why is it that we in the United States have such a fucking hard time with so many things? We have a hard time with crops. We have a hard time with our livestock. We have a hard time with bees. They're always infested with something. Right? But then yeah. you got China and everybody else. I mean, China, you said produced how many fucking tons of honey? Yeah, a lot. I mean, most of it. They're the leading exporters. And there's there's some local beekeepers that have expressed to me that, that they're sending their product through other smaller countries and that there is little to no ability to vet what's actually coming into the U.S. Yeah. So... I think it's very concerning, and this article does go on to say that the wild bees are in alarming decline because of habitat loss, pesticide use, climate crisis, fueling concerns around the global crisis, that insect numbers are now threatened in ecosystems and therefore threatening food security and health. So uh, I don't what? know. I mean, I know we talked about Roundup and things like that and what it's doing to things, but it, well, to me, all this comes together with everything we've talked about. Yeah. And, you know, like in the, there's a big farm, there's a big farm that's near me. I mean, they literally own or lease almost every piece of land that you can find around here. Mm -hmm. um, and they get the helicopters or the hel those planes come through and they dust crop, they dust everything, right? Mm -hmm. And people are, Le legitimately fucking mad about it i mean they're mad because it is killing off the bees <laughs> yeah crop dusting is a very popular thing here too and i think it's just because of how large the fields are yeah here i mean they're huge they're huge and so to try to get out there and do it with equipment and you know you're running over vines and everything else people just choose to crop dust but um you know it is interesting because you have like crop dusting and then in more urban settings you have like the foggers that drive through you know um and I know even out where we are because of having mosquitoes that carry all kinds of crazy things you know they spray for mosquitoes and put out stuff they do say that the equipment that they use has to go at a specific speed in order to not oversaturate so that it doesn't kill bees. And yeah. the fog they use will automatically shut off if the vehicle dips below a certain speed. But it's still putting a chemical out there that has the potential to kill bees. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's interesting that, you know, if you're looking at other countries like India and China that may not necessarily, I mean, China is a very developed country. I'm not saying that. And India is too. But I feel like they also have areas that are not maybe doing all of the things that we are in terms of, you know, spraying crops and yeah. city mosquitoes. I mean, even people pay like mosquito squad to come out and spray. So yeah. it's, I don't know, it, it's interesting. And maybe it is, maybe it is the pesticides that are really like doing a number on the bees. And I mean, obviously if we've got diseases too, that can play a role, but I wonder if maybe more of it is coming from man-made yeah uh, you know man-made things than natural causes you know well well I think you can go down a huge rabbit hole on this on why yeah you know it, it intentional you know or or not I mean it can it can go uh so many different ways but it is a sad thing because we're going to talk about this too about you know these uh, people don't really, a lot of people don't realize the importance of the bee. Yeah. 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 We don't get to, we don't get to keep existing if we um, don't have bees. It's that simple. No. Yeah. It's, yeah. People don't realize that. I mean, you have to, you have to have pollinators. Yep. Or no food grows. <laughs> Yeah. And that's not to say that bees are the only pollinator, but they are a very prominent pollinator. Yes. So yeah, they're extremely important. And so if we are killing them off, that's a big problem. That is yeah. Problem. Well, just so. in my own, ex- just in my own experience on my farm, and I've talked about this before, you know, when I first, when I moved down there, I mean, we sprayed and cut down and did so much stuff, you know, and did that for me and Uncle Beating did that for around the first two years. Mm-hmm. And then I got sick and tired of it. And I was like, you know what? I'm not spraying no more. I'm letting it go. And the areas that like on my banks and stuff, I'll just let it go. Mm-hmm. And the population of not just bees, but insects in general, mm-hmm. you know, that started evolving. I mean, there is so much down there now and it's, um, it's its own ecosystem down there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we love our frogs. You know, they yeah. say frogs are the first indicator of, uh, of an issue and we love ours. Uh, we sprayed the first year we were here, but we're, uh, we're coming up, of course, on our uh, 11th year. And yeah, that's, uh, that's all signs of good stuff for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, going back to it. So w- what we need to talk about now is, is like going to the grocery store, right? You yeah. see all these different honeys now, all organic honey and all this, you know, dark honeys, light honeys, all this stuff, you know, and people, and then you got the, the honey and the regular freaking little teddy bear shit things. Um, but but, you know, now when you look at your honey, you know, it's not most likely like what you're, well, from what you're saying, Lori, is, is it's not being regulated because it's going through so many and you don't really know what your honey is. Well, it's it's really easy to stretch it out with high fructose corn syrup and things like that. Uh, and that that's proven. I mean, um, probably should have grabbed an article for that, but that's, that's the common way that honey is produced. And even in the U S when you have a lot of big producers in, in within our borders, that's what they're doing too. So it's, it's a really precarious market where, you know, we talk about know your farmer, know your food, but I'd argue that honey is probably an even more important one to know, because in my area, it's getting hard to find honey producers that I can work with. Yeah. So you know, when you put it all together and you look at, at the trends that are going on and the the price of the real deal honey and how it's going up, um, it, it's concerning in terms of, you know, where are we going with that? Oh, that yeah. Was, go ahead, Amanda. That was one thing I was going to say, too, is that, you know, when you go and you're you're at the store and you're looking at your options for honey, you have those little honey bears that you can get for a couple bucks. And then you yeah. got real honey that's like, you know, ten fifteen dollars for a tiny little jar, and it's kind of like, well, why, mm-hmm. why, 
it's it would make sense that those little honey bears or this you know the ones that are less expensive probably have some filler products in there and i know if you look at the ingredients on there it still says honey yeah yeah i don't know it's, it's imported that way it's imported yeah. as honey yeah so and if we are importing as of 2020 70 percent of our honey products there you have yeah. it so yeah it's that part is concerning to me i think also because Honey is something that is so valuable in so many ways. I mean, one, it is a natural sweetener, um, but it can also be used in so many different ways. Like we were talking before we started recording, you know, we're coming into like cold and flu season and honey has so many medicinal per like uh, characteristics mm -hmm. that you can use it for so many, in so many different ways. Like I've seen a lot of people doing the um, fermented honey and garlic we keep yeah. that. That's a cool product. We have, yeah. I've had, a, I've had a jar going for like six years now. Yeah. So yeah. See, like yeah. stuff like that. Um, using it for sore throats, um, yeah. even in like with wound dressing and stuff yeah. because of yeah. antibacterial and antimicrobial properties. Um, yeah. I know I honey and I use beeswax in my lip balms. So yeah. Well, see, I use that, uh, I use that honey, that silver honey spray, uh, oh, yeah. for wounds on my, like, I, I, I've used it on wounds, but like this past time I used it on castrations. So after I castrated, I sprayed that into them. Hmm. I mean, y'all, I'm, I'm, I'm bummed and bothered about this. I mean, our, our world, our country this government doesn't look out for its people there seems no. to always be something else at play that is always coming at we the people that is not what it seems to be and it's not for our benefit and this road we're on is not sustainable and, and sustainable no. is a big word to put in there i know what it means in ag um and, and I, I do struggle with topics sometimes that we talk about because Y'all, I mean, it feels like it's gloom and doom, largely, that it's all this, did you know, and how are we getting screwed today? Um, well, but I think I think this goes back to everything. Anything that is done well here or anything that we could produce here, we've always taken it out, moved it, moved it over somewhere, and then imported it back in. Yeah. It would seem as though maybe there's a 100-year plan against us. <laughs> yeah y'all well, probably touch that with somebody else's 10 football <laughs> yeah but but at the end of the day i mean it's major things you know I mean, and a major of it. that's that's my point and i know we didn't plan on this rabbit hole but y'all that's what's on my heart i mean i can read all these things we can talk about them um but it's disheartening as an american that this is what's going on yeah well but the honey the honey just adds to exactly what we've been talking about with all the other food products in the store. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I've asked myself, okay, I see all this. How does honey become such a premium uh, as we're looking for replacements? And one, one of the folks we're talking to is talking about hundreds of dollars for a gallon of honey. And the, the craziest part of that is I don't think they're unrealistic on, um, demand and where the market's going i think it's going to become uh well, harder to get well they're most definitely not unrealistic when when 70 percent is being imported and mm -hmm. who do you know who do you know that is selling honey on a good a good quality honest basis with a you know frequent production of it who do you know uh, well, that's what's kept in, kept me from branding my own honey because there are places that I can go to that have an unlimited supply that are doing the honey business. And yeah. when I start asking questions about hives and locations, the answers start getting very vague and I can't in good conscience put my name on it. So, yeah. 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 I know we here, we have got... Um, the honey place that I am getting my stuff from, they're a small family honey company. Um, and I don't know that they have it in mass quantities. I mean, like 
I'm able to get it when I want it, but I'm not buying huge volume of it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know, I don't know what their production truly is like. And then we have another, um, honey company that is just, it's actually just down the road. I just learned about them. Um, they're right down the road from us and I want to talk to them because I think that would be really cool just to be able to, you know, join hands with another company. That's like a neighbor. Mm -hmm. Um, but I want to talk to them about what they do, where their bees are and all that kind of stuff. Another huge company that we have that is the next town over, um, they produce honey on a large scale and they say that it's all locally grown, locally grown, local. It's made, it comes from local bees. Um, but they have bees all over the Pacific Northwest. So I, and in California. So I don't know that you would call that like in my mind, that's not local honey. Like if I'm buying honey to help cure or help me with allergies and things like that, that's not local enough, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So they're yeah. making that. That's not local honey to me. And that company also, I'm not going to name names, but they have some hives right next to our cousins and across the who live across the road from us. And those hives, they do not overwinter their bees. They just let whatever happens to their bees happen to their bees. And each spring they knew, they bring new bees out and they don't give them any type of food for them because things don't start blooming here until, I don't know, end of May or June, maybe. Mm-hmm. And so these honeybees don't really have any, they don't have a source of food. So they swarm our cousin's house and they have called the bee company. They do nothing about it. And so our, you know, Kellen's cousin is like, okay, so if I wind up having to kill some because they're trying to come in my house, are you're not going to do anything about it? And they just are like, no, go ahead. Yeah. That's sad. It is sad. They don't care. And so it's interesting how a a larger company that wants to be like, oh, we, we proudly serve local honey and we do this and we do that. But then but we, we, we starve our bees over winter. Exactly. We don't care what happens to them. And oh, by the way, we set them out way before it's warm enough and there's a natural food supply. We don't feed them. So they try to go other places and they die anyway. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But do you, think, though, do you think, though, that, you know, one of the issues, and we need to talk about this, too, is the vaccine portion of it. Yeah. So, you know, I know vaccine's a dirty word. I get it. And, and as pig farmers, we, we know it well, you know, uh, Sure Gold is a, an old school common vaccine. Um, yes. Leptospirosis. <clears throat> Leptospirosis is a disease that caused mummified, mummified piglets or stillborns. And it comes yeah. from uh, deer and rats. I don't know a farm in the country that doesn't have that to contend with. Um, yes. That one is an old school where they've taken a, you know, a portion of that disease and kind of worked it into the vaccine like they've done, uh, what was it, measles and all those um, yes. back in the day. So that appears to be the same idea uh, of what's going on with honeybees, um, that they've taken uh, the the dead uh, foul brood virus and reintroduced it to the queen. And um as as things go in the hive she's uh you know she feeds it to her her people is that the right word that's not the right word um but anyhow uh and there there's really i, I didn't find any results yet that says that bees are dying in droves or anything of that nature so, so, so maybe, there's it's, the thing maybe is, it's not bad what but but it, are they really just vaccinating for that well that's where um Anytime the government says I'm here to help, I'm probably not going to believe that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If the government is like, I I just don't, I just can't believe that it's because of some foul brood. Yeah, you got to wonder where it came from. And, And this article suggests that it was a cause of the stress put on colonies from the um, pressure of big ag to overproduce. How about that? Yeah, but we're not even producing that much. Well, I think nature nature may have had an answer to that. Yeah. That that I would believe all day long. That nature told my beer, we're not going to do it this way. Yeah. 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 
Well, I, this is going to go a little off subject, but I want, but I do want to say, people have a misconception about Pharaoh share, and it really agitates me. Mm -hmm. People preach such bad things about Pharaoh share that it is a fertility drug that, or they say that animals don't need it, you know, and that is that is a lie. No, well, saying maybe they don't but i mean i talked to some folks just yesterday that chose not to vaccine because they didn't have issues and i don't have a problem with that y'all do what you want on vaccines yeah yeah but now she has an issue and and now she's going to incorporate it and you know yeah. cool yeah yeah true true but people there's certain people especially in the red water world lord jesus honey <laughs> they preach and they preach and preach that red wattles are the miracle animals and they never get a disease you know, and it's it's bullshit. Right. I've never said that about the Mayshon. Um, we do have some sort of strain of something. I'll have to go dig it out that one of the um, research doctors that worked with them said they were uh, immune to or more immune to. But um, a lot of people look at the Mayshon as uh, as God's gift and the unicorn of things. And I mean, I love my Mayshons. Don't get me wrong. But they're still a pig at the end of the day. And they do pig yeah. things. And they get pig things. <laughs> yeah. But... And that's true, but going back, going back to the bees, I guess when, I guess when you see how much damage is being done with the bees, how much production is actually being produced here compared to what is being imported here, you know, it leads to so many questions of what is actually happening. You know, what is, what is really causing this and why do, what has caused us for the vaccine like i i just can't i can't just read it and under and say yeah i'll accept that well i mean how many other things have been legit and straight up in this vein for us um then where my brain goes next is okay cool but how are me and my people going to eat and yeah. i think that's where that local thing comes back in to play uh the face of big ag is changing i've said that from the beginning in five years it's going to look different than it did even last year um but this bee thing is just part of it i think you know local producers i i think will step up and produce more locally um and in terms of commercial i want to throw something out there because i've seen it in scalability the mayshon's another great example when, um, let's say, Amanda, you get your 12 hives and you max out your land and now you have your business going with it and now you can't find anybody to um, to essentially get their honey from and your business is growing and your customers want more and more, what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very tough ethical question that comes up <laughs> more times than I think people realize. Well, I think, I think that in that instance, yeah, you have to either make friends with your neighbors and just see, Hey, would you mind if I rent a small space from you to put some bees on? Yeah. Or if, if you want to do it in an ethical way, that, that in my mind is how you would go about doing that is, you know, find people that you value and trust or know that you can trust, be square with them and still do things, treat those hives as if they were on your own property, you know? continue the same practices so that you know that the products that you are producing, you're taking care of your bees, you're getting good honey, and you're doing that all in a way that aligns with your your values and not getting yeah. not getting it shaky. Doesn't, um, it doesn't always work out that way. I mean, I think those are great ideas, but, and, and I'm not saying that that's the way everything goes. I'm just pointing something out from, yeah. from the business experience I have down there. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, and I think this is all interesting to to put on my tinfoil tr for a minute do it okay so you know we're talking about our last episode we, we were talking about apple cider vinegar and how things have changed there and the, you know these last couple episodes we've talked so much about changes that we're seeing in foods and it's all happening in in big ag circles it's happening because of corporations who have no business being involved in food, getting involved in food and government regulations that really are trying to weed out the small farmer. Okay. It's also interesting because a lot of the foods that we are talking about being affected by 
these things are foods that have healing properties. They're foods that are natural foods that our bodies can naturally break down and use the nutrients in. Apple cider vinegar, honey, uh, animal fats, those are all things that our bodies can use to heal naturally mm -hmm. or yep. use to digest and break down naturally. We mm -hmm. don't have to have additives and preservatives and this and that and everything else to make those foods bioavailable for us to eat and receive the benefit from. And these, these things, real meat, real foods that aren't GMOs, um, honey, natural like gut healers and we're seeing all these things like why is that being attacked so heavily it's being attacked so heavily because money can't be made on those things yeah money can't be made if they're not involved in it money can't be made if you're not sick all the time it's it's there's just so well, many issues with it. And like for me, I'm like, they're just trying to kill us all. <laughs> well, that's where, that's where I'm glad you brought that up. Cause that's where I was going. That's where I was going to go to. I mean, you look at the things that are being attacked, just like you say to Amanda, these things that are being attacked are what naturally is beneficial to us. Yes. Yes. Well, or they're knowingly messing with our food supplies with things that are knowingly not beneficial to us look at the seed oil thing that we looked at and now they're coating apples with it i mean yeah. what and so it's kind of like you're, you're gonna get it one way or another just keep eating you know yeah, yeah. well yeah even like well, lab grown meat what the hell are they putting in it why yeah, they gotta yeah. grow it in a lab i can't well, read that it, big long list <laughs> well it's just like i mean going to covid you know yeah. And and now you hear of them like injecting mosquitoes and all kinds of shit, you know, with this stuff. And what do mosquitoes do? Mosquitoes literally go into your blood. Yep. Yep. I am legend is just around the corner. <laughs> yeah. It is like, it is well, like, you know. The mosquito thing is Bill Gates too. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a whole nother podcast about what is going on yeah. there. Like. Yeah. eventually we're just all all nice strings and stuff they're all gonna land on bill gates but it's the fucking truth man yeah. well, it does seem as though the powers above us are not for us i'll say that at the very yeah. least and i don't i don't know who is for us anymore i know we're for each other and that's that's the best i got so well, I think, though, that that is also kind of what we can take away from this is that, you know, we're becoming more and more aware of all these things. And really what it's doing is, is emphasizing more and more getting to know your community and your farmer. Just like, you know, I feel like all three of us keep going back to that. And that yeah. truly is just what it's going to take. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It, I mean, everything, no matter what we talk about, it always goes back to the honest farmer. Yes. You know, know, know your farmer, know your food. I mean, it, it all goes back to that because you can, we are finding now, you know, the more we dig into it, we're finding now that you can't depend on anything that you can buy at convenience. That's a good way to look at it, Molly. Yeah. If it is convenient, then I have questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of like, what is the cost truly for that convenience? Because it's had to, I mean, they've had to have cut corners somewhere to be able to sell, sell it, you know, in mass. And then also at the price that they're selling it, they've cut corners. So where is it? And you just have to make the decision as a person, whether it's worth it to you or not worth you, not worth it. Exactly. I think it's beyond that. I mean, I, I think the fast paced culture and society that we live in is, you know, I think that's all part of the marketing and the plan. I think if, yeah. if we're too busy to pay attention, then they can do what they want. And who's going to do anything about it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, talking about the honey, you know, you go and I said this when we were talking about the damn oil. Um, you go. I thought the UPS truck was stopping. Sorry. Um. You go uh, to the store, there are shells and shells of oils. Yeah. 
you go to the, you know how they're how can they possibly produce that much yeah i mean you, you go to the store now and you got shelves and shelves of honey where the fuck is it coming from china we know that china it's all china <laughs> I, I do believe, and you know, that's that's an interesting thought to Google is how much of American ag and food supply, what percentage really is Chinese? Yeah, dude, you know what? We are more Chinese than we are American anymore. It does seem that way. And I'm going to start putting on my, but, on my ethnicity, when I choose, I'm choosing Chinese. Do it. See what happens. <laughs> I won't argue with you at that point because if you tell them that's how you identify they're going it's that's yeah the, yeah i do know? because i am obviously consuming enough that i'm not american anymore <laughs> you know it's sad. Well, said, well said anyways anyways so yeah i think you know trying to just sum it up a little bit i think people do need to we always talk about this too educate themselves you know yeah. on the importance of the bee on the yeah. importance of actual real honey and what it does for you where's your honey coming from you mm -hmm. know because it is medicinal it's used in so many things mm -hmm. you know and it's just trying to promote people to to educate themselves and at the same time you know seeking out a farmer an honest farmer that you may be able to get the real shit from not mm -hmm. just what traveled thousands and thousands of miles here through how many ever countries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think this is a big wake up moment for a lot of us. Uh, I was shocked to learn it and uh, I, I don't think I can be alone. Did, did y'all know these numbers before we went into this? No, I did yeah. not either. And I can honestly say, like, as we dive further and further into all of this and are learning more and more, I'm thankful for the opportunity and the push to learn more. but. I've noticed this and as we're talking, I, I think it's really just kind of like hit me in the moment. The way that we have been educating our children has really shifted this year. Yep. Um, I've always been like, we have a planner, we go by that planner. This is our fourth year homeschooling. And it's just like, I've always been like pretty structured with it, even though we're at home, it still doesn't take us very long and we need to take days off. We take days off, but um this year, so much of our stuff, like I have felt this sense of urgency to teach my children important things, not things that are like, what's 58 times three, but things like, okay, we have sheep. Here's how we're going to clean the wool. Here's how we're going to do this. Here's how we're going to do that. Here's how we make tallow. Here's how we do like teach them real life things. Here's how we I mean, they've seen, they've grown up knowing how to raise and care for chickens. But Dash last night was talking to me about a business idea that he's got that next spring he would like to have me help him build some chicken tractors. And he wants to get young chicks, like Dale chicks that he can raise to pull at age and then sell them like late summer, early fall as chickens pullets ready to lay. And, um, I don't know. It's like, I want to teach them how to live yeah. like yeah. this. Is how This is how you do things. <laughs> and even though that's not sit down, do your work from a school book. That's still so, so important. And when we're talking about educating, I feel like that's the type of education that so many people have lost yes. in just a matter of a generation or two, because yeah. we have convenience now, but yeah. I feel like be an education that they're going to need mm -hmm. yeah the direction we're and going. Trying, yeah and you know I know we got to go and we are getting off subject but one of the things is is you know I get made fun of constantly because you can ask you me that? give us names I know <laughs> gonna whoop their ass no I it, but I embrace it I think I think even when Amanda and Kellen first come to my house I think that Ryan made fun of me because of this, but I, I cannot, I don't give a shit about history, geographies. Like I, I'm stupid. I really am. I'm stupid. 
I didn't Same. go to school. I didn't go to school like I should have, even though I graduated and top in my class because I had a good personality. Um, but one thing about me that I take so much pride in is that the way that I was raised, right, and the things that my family made us do that they felt were more important, I can survive. You know, I'm not going to survive off of my my civics book from whatever right. grade that was. That's right. Yeah. And I think that's a great question everybody should ask themselves. How can you and will you? And and Bill and I know we are that kind of people. And so are our kids. We'll figure it out. We'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll be okay. I mean, I was stuck down here two weeks with no water, a broke down dryer. I mean, all this shit, you know, but, but any other person, they would have been in a hotel room. Mm hmm spending money on a hotel you know i might have been that person a few nights i'm just gonna lay that out there yeah. <laughs> dude i'm telling you i'm telling you and then we gotta go but when i was bathing the first day i bathed in the creek right and i'm all lathered up with soap and jerry comes down there and he's like what's up girl like looking at me you know i was like that's your hog right for those that yeah, don't know that's your hog, hog. <laughs> yeah and he was like, I was like, what a redneck I am. I'm in the creek bathing. And then my hogs, like Jerry, Tammy, and uh, they come over and they just get in the creek too. I was like, can I at least get upstream from you? Upstream. <laughs> I think that's a beautiful moment. What a connection to nature. But yeah. Yeah. it's, it's, you know, it is about educating yourself on life and what, what really gets you through. Yeah. Yeah. And I think now is a really good time to just sit down and, you know, if, if listening to us talk about these things can maybe help jumpstart, like just thinking about your priorities yes. and then taking actions that align with those priorities yes. because that's where the change begins. That's where the change happens. Mm -hmm. And yes. if, if we can kind of encourage people to start doing that, we can start to see change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm hoping that we brought the importance to the bee and the honey today, buddy. <laughs> yep. That would be sweet. <laughs> yeah. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you, Laura. <laughs> I know every now and then I can pull one off, but I, I got to get back to holiday planning y'all. This has been fantastic, but I, I got to. All right. Well, y'all go feed them hogs and them furrows. And Bye, then the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All, All right. right. We'll see, see you. Bye.